Because in knowing connection for women, they know their intuition. They know their intuition is saying, this guy's not it. But they want so bad to make this work, so they give themselves all the reasons to push forward anyway. Would you rather ignore your gut, play it safe, and stay in a relationship that isn't right for you? Or face your fear and leave the relationship, but risk being single and alone for years? or possibly forever. Now here's the thing guys, there is no easy answer. There is no easy path. Both are freaking long and bumpy with potholes all along the way. So now it comes down to what kind of life do you want? What kind of relationship do you want? And then making a promise to yourself not to settle for anything less because you get to decide if that person is right for you not the other way around. And so today's guest, a relationship expert, author, and certified life coach is here to break down the must every relationship needs so we don't find ourselves settling. Seen, heard, and chronicled in national and international media outlets, including ABC, GQ, and Huffington Post Live, just to name a few. So guys, please help me in welcoming the man dedicated to helping and devoted to keeping it real. The straightforward yet utterly compassionate relationship guru himself, Stefan Lebossier. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so let's just freaking dive right in. I want to ask, how on earth do we end up in relationships that we just settle for, but that we actually know deep down wasn't right to begin with? Ooh, there's <laughs> so many ways to go with this. Um, first, the fear that we won't find better. You know, e even though we know it's not for us, even though we're not fully happy, you know, a lot, especially women, women have been conditioned to believing that, well, all guys are trash and, and all guys are going to hurt you. And so better to deal with the trash, you know, than to put yourself out there for new trash to deal with. And so that leads a lot of women to settling, you know, um, as well as just validating the what's lacking in that relationship due to what they saw in their parents' relationship. A lot of people saw their mothers settle, you know, saw, saw dysfunction in their in their childhood. And so now I've seen situations where a woman has told herself, well, I still have it better than my mother, so I shouldn't complain. You know, I, I should just be happy that it's not as bad as she had it. You know, so much of a, a lack of healing causes people to settle. And it's just a it's just a horrible cycle that so many people are in. Can I just jump in on that thing that you said? Because that's so strong. Do you think that there's something about the fact that if we've had a dysfunctional relationship in the past or if we've seen it in our parents, that part of us doesn't necessarily know if there is going to be better. And so it's... I don't know if this is the best. So for instance, my ex-boyfriend, before I met my husband, he would tell me on the daily, you're never going to find someone that loves you as much as I love you. And I believed it. And so it was the fear of, can I even find better than him? So maybe it's better just to stay with him so that I don't end up by myself with nothing. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like women are settling for a piece of a man rather than hoping they can receive a whole man. And so, you know, they'll deal with the, the nonsense, not to mention you have a lot of women who are surrounded by other women who also accept settling. So essentially, I always tell women, if you go to another woman and ask her, should I stay or should I leave? 
and she has held on to a relationship that she doesn't belong in, she's going to tell you to stay because she has to validate why she's still there. She can't tell you to leave when she couldn't look at herself in the mirror and take that step. So, so many people are being given bad advice and, and like you said, uh, been brainwashed in various ways. As your example, it may have been their partner who drilled it in their head. You won't find anything better. And they really start to believe that. And it's just, it gets too scary to take a chance, so to speak, on putting yourself out there, being alone again, and hoping you can find better. Yeah. God, that's amazing. Okay, so let's start unpacking all of this. Where do we need to start from, right? Because there's different elements. There's somebody of making the choice now. They're single. They're trying to find someone that they, you know, want to fall in love with. So what are the, I'd like to go over the fundamentals that you believe that every single relationship must have um, to give us that fighting chance, if you will. What do you think are the absolute fundamentals that a relationship needs that you've never heard of any successful relationship ever working out without these things? Okay, so one, and let me first, uh, to put it in proper context, when we say successful, I want people to understand staying together does not equate success. A happy, fruitful relationship equates success, all right? So you see a lot of people who deal with the damage, are miserable, but they're still in the relationship. Let's not, you know, congratulate that. Let's not glorify that in any kind of way. So now that we understand it's about fruitful, happiness, purpose in that relationship, the number one thing is healing. Having to heal from your past. I think I, most people, even if they got in their relationship without healing first, at some point had to do the work if they were going to survive and be able to stay together. They weren't going to be able to push it all the way through and again, be happy, fruitful, purposeful without healing. And so much of the dysfunction that we experience in our relationships stem from previous experiences, whether that be childhood, a previous relationship, there's always something that we're dragging into that relationship. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that because of the whole boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic, we've made it harder on marriage. Because by the time people even get to someone that they could marry, they've been beaten down so much emotionally that some people don't have the energy and willingness to fight at that moment. And it seems too scary because the person that you is truly best for you makes you feel more vulnerable than anyone else will. And so now, if you are still holding on to trauma, you are more than likely going to run from that, sabotage that. Like, you, you have got to really have a strong support system to even weather that storm if you have yet to have, uh, heal. So healing is a huge, huge part of it. Um, the other foundation, I would say, is finding and loving yourself. You know, the reality is, if you don't know who you are, then you don't know who belongs in your life. You, you don't know who's the right fit. You don't know who you align with properly as you move forward. And so too many people are dating or establishing relationships, trying to be something they're not or not tapping into their true self. And so now you get this, and to put it in the context of women, you get this guy to fall for you, but who he fell for is not a woman you can sustain because you're not really that woman. And so now at some point, the true colors come out, he gets mad, you're frustrated with him, and now the whole thing blows up. So better to save yourself that headache 
by being your true authentic self from the jump and then see who's the guy who truly embraces that and loving yourself because without loving yourself, you are more than likely going to settle. You are more than likely going to accept dysfunctional relationships. You're going to entertain and tolerate men who don't belong in your life. So it's important to not just know yourself, but love yourself as well and be confident in knowing that, listen, the, the true you is going to be embraced by a man who truly loves that woman, you know? And so you don't have to try to fit into everyone else's box. But let me add to when it comes to knowing yourself and loving yourself, that doesn't mean accepting a flaw as if it can't be correctable. All right. It isn't. Oh, well, I just have a bad attitude or I'm just super blunt. No, you're rude and you're <laughs> negative. OK, like don't don't play this. Or that's just how I am. No, that's a correctable issue that needs improvement. So let's identify what are the actual flaws that need to be corrected versus who we are. So and just to put it, give an example, who you are may be a woman who loves nature. You love to go outside. You like traveling. That's who you are. But again, that bad attitude, that's who you became because you haven't resolved past trauma, because you haven't flushed out the negative energy from your spirit. So recognize the difference between who you are and who you become due to all these outside influences or negative influences. And so the the last thing I would say, and, and we can name a lot of different things, but the biggest foundational piece after that is connection. And I believe that, again, I'm a firm believer that women know connection, but unfortunately, they, they throw it out the window when they see something that they like or when they want a reason to hold on to something that they don't belong in. So essentially, it's down, like, break those two down because those were super powerful. <laughs> All right. So what, when it's something that you like. So, for example, women know and, and, and to give some context to connection to me, that is a deeper spiritual occurrence. It's like your spirit recognizing its match. And it's that person you can truly be yourself with, be vulnerable with. It's, it's a next level type of vibe, type of energy, because, again, we can meet a lot of people we like. We may love a lot of people. We do not feel a connection with everybody. All right. That's a very unique experience. And women, again, because you guys are so in tune emotionally, spiritually, like women have a great uh, sense of or a great ability to sense, to feel things. So you guys can feel when that connection is there, when it's not. But now she meets a guy. And let's say his resume is exactly what she wanted. Let's say, just to give an example, he's, he's successful, he's tall, he looks great, an amazing guy on paper. And this woman says, oh my gosh, I cannot pass this up. I want this. And so even in your interaction with him, the connection's not there. But your desire for him is so strong, you're just falling for the, the, the hype in the moment, okay? All the smoke and mirrors right now, but once that goes away, you're not going to be happy here. And then in regards to ignoring it when it's something that you want to hold on to and not leave, again, it goes back to women being in those relationships where they're settling, where, where they know this guy's not for them. They now ignore the fact that they know a connection does not exist because, again, the fear of being alone, the fear of starting all over, uh, the fear of aging. Th let's be real. A lot of women, due to the fear of aging, 
rush into relationships and hold on to men that don't belong in their lives. And so all these different fears causes her to try to rationalize past connection. And even more, uh, more importantly, she rationalizes past her intuition. Because in knowing connection for women, they know their intuition. They know their intuition is saying, this guy's not it. But they want so bad to make this work. So they give themselves all the reasons to push forward anyway. Oh my God, I love that so much. And I heard you say that um, connection cannot be built and connection cannot be destroyed. It's one of those, you either have it or you don't. Can you take me through that? Because I think people, and I've also heard you say, people try to rationalize the, the connection on if they don't necessarily have it and why they're with somebody. Um, and so explain to me that on like why we can never rationalize it. And then also how we rationalize our intuition that's telling us that we should be settling. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So now with connection being there or it's not. So again, there's a couple ways to look at this one for anyone who's spiritual, you know, there's a belief that says things happen in the spirit before they happen in the physical. Okay. And so if that is a true, a, a true dynamic, then it would make perfect sense that the connection already existed. There is, it, it didn't come about physically first. It existed in the spiritual. And again, that's why I said it's our spirits recognizing the match, recognizing that person it can uh, bond with, so to speak. And so there's that aspect of it, but also the fact that if you sit down and you speak to people who have experienced connection, the story is always the same. It's always this something that they felt very quickly. It didn't take months, years for them to figure it out. It was very initial, you know, first maybe conversation, first day, first week. It was very in the beginning. And again, these people could have stories where they fall apart because having a connection doesn't guarantee two people are going to be together because there's so many things that throw the situation off. But these people could fall apart. It could be 10, 20 years. They come back together and it's like they never stop talking. There's nothing that you can do to change that. You can run from it. You can be in denial of it, but it's still there, you know? And, and so when we try to rationalize past connection, well, unfortunately, society has taught us or taught many people to have relationships for business purposes, to have relationships just for the sake of family structure and not saying that these things don't play a role, but they don't teach people about connection, you know? Even when people come to me and say, well, arranged marriages are the way to go because they have such a low divorce rate. And I'm like, listen, have you ever sat down with women in arranged marriages? <laughs> I, I can tell you, I've seen communities of them where they look like their spirit is gone, where they're not happy. Now, I'm not saying that's every arranged marriage, but what I'm saying to you is you can't force two people together and think it's just gonna be happy and great. Yes, they may find a way to manage and cope, but I am not here to encourage people to just tolerate a relationship. I want two people to flourish within a relationship. And that means getting with that person that you truly connect with. And so a lot of people just don't understand the concept. It's foreign to them and many have yet to experience it. So it's very hard to fully grasp this when you haven't been hit with it yet. But anyone who's experienced connection this resonates with them. I say it's like having an orgasm for a woman. It's like once you've had it, you know. <laughs> I can't there ain't really no going explain. Back, There's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like when it happens, you're gonna know. Plain and simple. Yeah. All right. And 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 now, which brings me to the rationalization past intuition. 
What happens now is women confuse intuition and fear. All right. And they allow fear to overrun their intuition. Now, I explain to women, listen, the difference between fear and intuition is that fear requires logic. Fear requires you to analyze. Well, I can't do this because I might, you know, this might happen. I can't take this jump because I might fall. I can't invest here because I might go broke. It's the logic that's making you fearful of the, the negative consequences. Intuition requires no logic. Intuition is independent of any facts. You can be in a room, the whole environment can look great, and something in you, in your spirit says, leave, you don't belong here, you need to go, something is wrong. That's intuition. And so what happens with a lot of women is, they might meet this man, they might feel this connection, but now the analyzation comes in. Now the, the, the logic of, well, wait a minute, what if he's just playing games? What, what if I'm wrong? I've been wrong about these men before, how can I trust this guy? All of this starts to overrun them, and now they allow that to pull them out of the situation or to sabotage it because they can't allow themselves to believe it. And again, that, that also stems from that lack of healing that has now contaminated their thinking. And that's why I tell women or I encourage women, stop analyzing, start feeling. A woman's power is in feeling. Like, just quiet yourself for a second visualize the moment, visualize what's going on and tell me what you're feeling. Because when you start to get in your own head, women will drive themselves insane getting inside their own head and coming up with all these different possible conclusions. No, what do you feel? What do you sense? Because I've yet to find a woman who says her intuition is wrong. So the key is we need to learn how to remove the fear, tap into the intuition and walk confidently in it. I love that because you, you're not just saying feel it because there is something to like, right? The intoxication of love or the intoxication of attraction. You know, if you're just like, okay, I feel it. Oh, I'm really turned on by him. And then you go into it. But there's a big difference between that and then sitting and listening to your gut intuition. Okay. So let's, let's assume someone's found the connection and they've gone through it and they've analyzed, they've analyzed, but they've also allowed themselves to feel that, um, you know, in, in touch with their, um, intuition and everything seems great. And you really believe this one's this is the right person. And then you get into the relationship and then five, 10 years down the line, you end up being completely splintered. What are the hurdles that you find in your practice that you, when you, you know, speak to people where people just like, they keep stumbling over these things and this is what ends up splintering the relationship five or 10 years down the line. Okay. Number one, a lack of emotional maturity. So, what I have found is with men and women, we have not learned how to manage our emotions. And especially in today's society, it has become even more reactive. People get offended, they react. People see something, they react. There is no processing, there is no taking a step back. So now when you, when you act that way within a relationship, imagine your partner does something, you could interpret it wrong, you react, you now say something hurtful in that moment because you're mad. You don't really mean it, but that's how you felt in that moment. Now they're hurt by it. Now they're damaged. Now they retaliate. And then boom, the cycle goes from there. And, and what we have to understand is, especially within relationships where two people have a connection, this is the person who can hurt you the most and make you the happiest. 
that that's the 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 scary thing about it. It's like they have the power in a sense to crush you, but to make you feel like no other person can. And so I always say the person that a woman loves most has the least room for error. So like when you see relationships where a woman is constantly being mistreated, but she keeps going back to him and she says, well, because I love him. No, you don't love him. You have an unhealthy attachment to him. Your ability to continuously take that mistreatment and that toxic behavior and go back to him shows me it's not love. When we're loving someone and we're really into them, one little mistake can hurt like no other. And again, going back to the emotional maturity, if you don't learn how to not just react, how to communicate before we assume, before we come to our own conclusions, that can easily derail the relationship. So I definitely think a lack of uh, emotional maturity. I also think lack of healing. Lack of healing is going to always be uh, a thorn in the side of relationships. All right. Because again, sometimes our partners do things that trigger us, but that trigger stems from past trauma we haven't resolved. All right. And they're not even aware sometimes of what they did or how it's uh, impacting us. And so if we don't learn how to let go of our past traumas and issues and hurts, we run a high risk of things going left in that relationship, especially with someone we have a connection with. And like I said, the person you have a connection with, everything's magnified. So it's going to hit harder with them. So the third thing is unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of people and our partners. And what I mean by that is this idea of, it's like you said, uh, someone meets a connection, they think, okay, we're good now, we're going to succeed. No, 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 no. You're still two human beings. You are still two people who can fall short at any time, at any day. If we don't give grace to each other, we are going to have a big problem here. We've got to recognize the difference between the person who does not belong in our life and continues to do wrong and the person who does belong in our life but makes mistakes. Right. Yes. And and so once we know, listen, we have a connection. I know that I want to go through the storms with you. You're the person I'm supposed to be with. Now, let's remember that in our moment of struggle, because, again, everyone's going to make a mistake. You're going to do something, especially the longer you've been together. You're going to mess up some way, somehow. You may say something you shouldn't have. You may insult them in a way, you know, something, something. It happens, but there needs to be grace and understanding. We are human beings. We're going to fall short. We got to embrace that forgiveness always with our partner. And again, communicate. And that's the other thing. Communication would be the other pitfall. A lack of proper communication can derail any situation. And so you you got to be willing and establish very early on a willingness and an, a, a safe space for both partners to be able to talk about anything. We should not have to hold on to how we're feeling with each other, because if we do, that is a recipe for disaster. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. 
But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Wow. Oh my God. I love this so much. And I've wanted to talk about it for a while. So you were literally the perfect person. So you, you said that a problem sometimes in long relationships is you are not maintaining who they fell in love with. Mm. Dude, I was screaming when I heard you say that. Break that down on what that means and let's dive deep. Okay. So one, let me say that that whole premise started with a long time ago, I was having a discussion about monogamy. And you know, there are people out there who argue monogamy isn't natural. And I've always argued, no, monogamy actually is natural. If it was unnatural, then we wouldn't even be able to embrace it for a period of time. And when you examine relationships, you realize that most people are able to go a year, two, three, five, whatever, being completely monogamous and being happy. But then at some point, there tends to be a fall off with most people. So I said, okay, the issue is not monogamy, it's maintaining monogamy. And the reason why we struggle to maintain monogamy is because we don't maintain who they fell in love with. And so essentially, you have these situations where people in the beginning are bringing their best selves or at least bringing a best version of something, okay? And we we can't act like physical attraction is not a serious part of romantic relationships. Plain and simple. It it is the actual, the final ingredient. Like if if we didn't need physical attraction, there would be a lot of friends getting together right now. (laughs) Yes. Okay, plain and simple. (laughs) But the, the only thing that stops them is you're not attracted to them like that. 
So now when you have physical attraction that helps bring two people together, and then you have one or more parties saying, well, it should not matter for me to have to maintain myself, what do we expect to see happen? And you'll hear a lot of these couples say, well, the flame is gone. In most of those cases, the flame left with the attraction. Plain and simple. But there was something in the beginning that made it good enough or, or, or strong for those people to be happy. And, and again, it's not just the physical part. It's the emotional part. It, it's how we talk to each other, how we treat each other. We have to get back to where things were good. So whenever someone says to me, how do we get the flame back? I say, what was in place when the flame was there? What was, what was going on at the time when everything was feeling good? We have to identify all the factors. How were you two looking? How were you two treating each other? Everything. And now let's do our best to recreate that environment. And you will see a huge difference in your relationship. I love that so much because, so I've been with my husband now for 20 years. We've been married for 18. And this is something we talk about a lot. We, we don't um, expect to have the same amount of fire or electricity that we did when we were first met. I think if you do a brain scan of someone that's just met there and it looks like they're on drugs, right? Because they're so intoxicated with the love potion. Um, also want to add that there's something as you were talking, I was like, you know what? Like if it was me and I was letting myself go, I don't think like for Tom, it would even be the, the visual change. It would be that that would have a knock on effect on how I show up every day. So I think I would be less confident. I think I would feel be more insecure. So it's not about just the, like, if we're talking about looks for a second, where it's like people have just kind of let themselves go and they're like, ah, I've been in a marriage for 20 years. He just needs to love me for who I am. I've never done that or said that ever because it's not just about the, eye attraction to the physicalities. It's how you show up. Tom loves it that I'm a bit of a badass and I don't take shit from him when he gives it to me, right? And so it's like, but now imagine I show up and I'm super insecure and I'm very um, in, um, very sensitive because I don't feel good about myself, right? So now it's not just, hey, I've changed physically. It's as an interaction where he likes to tease me and I'll give him one back, right? And we have like this banter. But now imagine he teases me and I get insulted and I'm all upset and more sensitive so it really does have this massive knock-on effect that people think is superficial because it's like oh they don't have the six-pack abs that you fell in love with let's say and it's like it's not about that it's about everything that you just said and I just encapsulated like it's so strong and people don't talk about it people don't talk about it enough because they get defensive absolutely and and that's such an awesome point because it reminds me of another situation where uh, this one woman, she did gain weight. Husband had no problem with it. But what would happen was she became insecure in the bedroom where she did not want to have sex because she didn't like the way she looked. And even though he would tell her, you're beautiful to me, I still, I don't have any problems with this. She had an internal conflict. So like you said, it, 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 it goes beyond the physical and the impact it will now have. And I don't think people understand how much when we deviate from that person how much that now affects us in all areas of our life. And, and again, now, are you that energetic woman anymore? Are you positive anymore? And that's why it's about not just how you look, but how you treat them, how you talk to them, the energy that you bring to the table. All of that needs to be maintained if we want to see the relationship continue to thrive and get even better.
Mm-hmm. And I know, at least just from my husband, these are things that make him confident, right? Like that when he feels mm. good about himself and when he feels good about himself, he's in a good mood. So like everything has this knock-on effect that even in the reverse with a guy, I think that the insecurity would come out and the, yeah. um, you know, oh, well, you look at him because they're insecure about themselves. Yes. Or they're not, they're not satisfying their, per- their woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the last thing I want to add to that is there's a lot of people who say, well, I would never leave somebody if they let themselves go physically or whatever. The problem is, yeah, you stayed, but you don't touch them the same. You don't talk to them the same anymore. You don't respect them the same anymore. Your treatment of them has deviated because the attraction, and, and, and again, especially for women, attraction encompasses more than physical. Like if he doesn't, if you loved his ambitious drive and his, that ambitious drive is gone now, that's going to impact your attraction to him. And so staying with him, you don't get an award for staying if you can't still bring your best. If you're not going to still pour into your partner the same, then you can't, you can't think it's a good thing. Like I, I'll hear even men say, well, I wouldn't leave her. Okay, great, but will you still love her the same? And when I say love her, will you still pour into her the same? If you will, great. But if you're going to deviate from that, we still have a problem. So true. But how do you then go about having that conversation? So let's say uh, my audience is primarily female. So let's assume a female has a husband or a partner that hasn't got that drive anymore as part of what they fell in love with him. You know, he really loved, um, you know, going to the gym so he can pick her up and be strong for her or whatever it is. And slowly, slowly over time, he's let go of the drive. He's let go of his uh, whatever it is that we fell in love with him for how do you even approach that in a way where that the the, your partner can still feel loved can still hear hey i love you but everything's an improvement like how do you even approach that and then how do you help them or in fact do you help them okay so a few angles to cover one if you are not in a relationship yet this is where you need to understand establish this kind of dynamic as early as possible we have to have discussions while we're getting to know each other and dating how about how we're going to handle a scenario like this. I really believe people don't dive deep enough into each other and, and visualize, okay, how are things going to look if we're in a relationship together? How do we handle this kind of scenario? Let's talk about all these things, but let's establish that, hey, if we're unhappy with something, we should be allowed to talk to each other about it and not be offended. We have to be willing to listen to constructive criticism on both ends. Now, if you're already in the relationship and you have not established this, the the best way, because there's no easy way, but the best effective way, in my opinion, would be via a letter. And the reason why is because if you come to them verbally, number one, verbal communication of deep concerns, issues, feelings tend to not go well. People get defensive. They deflect. You can get distracted. You may not get everything out. So much can go wrong that can derail the purpose of the conversation, all right? Some people end up talking for an hour and never got to the root of the issue that they were supposed to talk about, okay? (laughs) Whereas via a letter, you're able to get everything out. You're able to check your tone to to make sure that you are also adding love to the criticism. So you don't want to just say, listen, I think you've fallen off. And I don't like the direction this is going. You got to start with saying, listen, I love so-and-so. Like it's a compliment sandwich, so to speak. 
and open yourself up to theirs as well. You you got to come in because the, the one thing I learned with relationships is, or one of the things I've learned is that people don't like to be singled out. Mm-hmm. No one likes to be told they're the partner with the issues. They're the partner that fell off. So you want to be able to come in and recognize, okay, you know what? Maybe there's some things I need to improve or I'm open to hearing any issues that you may have that you haven't expressed. But I want to make sure you understood where I stand and what, how I'm seeing things. All of these uh, pieces of it will help soften it to where they can receive it more. All right. But I have to say this. And some people may not like this, but I'm going to have to say it anyway. <laughs> I love how honest you are. I even said it in my intro. That's like so exciting for me. I want the no BS, Stefan. Absolutely. So I, I believe that in a lot of cases, I'm going to say most cases, where people let themselves go, again, whether it's in treatment, physically, whatever, and especially if they know it's an issue for their partner, or more specifically when they know it's an issue or having an impact, it's a sign that you're just not in love with that person. It's a sign that there may not be a connection there. And the reason why I say that is because of this. You find a woman, and, and, and let's please understand the difference between going through a rough patch versus we just don't care. And it's probably been years, all right? And we're not doing anything about this. Women who are into their man want to look good for that man. And if how they're looking or, or letting themselves go is having an impact on this man that they, they, you know, value so much, they'll want to do something about it. Many women, when they don't care, is because they don't look at him like that. It's the same way with men where... When a man's with a woman he loves, he's inspired. There's this natural inspiration, this fire that's in you because of this woman where you want to go harder for her. You want to accomplish more also for her. She is part of your drive, okay? When that's non-existent, then I do have to question, were you really in love? Now, I'm not, again, nothing's 100%. It's exception to every rule. But from the situations I've seen, it's rare to find a couple who lets themselves go, doesn't care, know what's having an impact on the relationship, and the relationship is not healthy and happy, but yet you're telling me you guys are in love with each other and there's a connection. Oh, Stefan, okay, so I'm going to push back here. All so, right. <laughs> what, but why, why do you think that that's the case? Because for me, I would actually go to, there's something going on with them. They're insecure, they're losing their self, self-esteem, they're losing their confidence, and things are happening to them where they're not prioritizing it. And then it becomes a, I'm struggling right now, and so... They just need to love me, right? They need to love me for how I am. But it's interesting that you perceive it as it's about them versus about the person that's going through the emotion. So this is why I made I, I want to make sure I said there's a difference between going through that rough period, which I do think people go through. Like we all go through moments where we may be a little depressed. We may have lost motivation. We don't have the same energy. We're going through some things. I think all of that is understandable. And that's why I wanted to make sure I added like an example where it may be years because people who are truly into each other, who love each other, we're going to have our rough patches, but we're going to be able to get through that and get to something better. When you've remained in that and there's no desire to push past that, there's no attempt to work through this, 
That to me says, no, this is not struggle. This is no motivation whatsoever from the fact that this person doesn't inspire you. And, and, and consider it like this. To a woman, it's like, well, why should I go ahead and, and hit the gym for a man who doesn't even listen, who a man who doesn't even talk to me anymore, who doesn't treat me the same? So again, his lack of pouring into you keeps you unmotivated. All right. Same way I've seen some men who feel like, well, why should I do anything about it? She doesn't have sex with me anyway. She doesn't listen to what I say. I don't get any respect in this house. Why should I be better for her? But again, so that speaks to, is there really love here? And, 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 and to be honest with you, I want to say this. The majority of people are not with the person they most love. The majority of people are not with they have a connection with. So it's not surprising to me when I see this dynamic happen all the time. And again, show me two people who have a connection. Show me two people who truly love each other. And I'll show you two people who at some point will fight through and get back on track. And if, if not even not fall completely off track when it comes to maintaining themselves for their partner. You know what I'm saying? Like they have a different fuel that allows them to thrive and push past Whereas when that connection is not there, it's like, man, forget them. I don't mm. care. Good. I love how raw you are about your feedback <laughs> because it really, like, I just want to know the truth, right? Once we know the truth, then we can assess. But a lot of people do, um, you know, they protect their own emotions because they don't want to feel badly about themselves. And for me, I always go back to what's the goal? Like, what's the goal in my relationship? Is the goal for me to always feel great? Or is the goal for us to always get through issues and keep connecting? Because let me tell you, I didn't know any relationship where you, you have that real talk and you always feel great. Like, you don't feel great because you're assessing the things that you may have done wrong, the things that you you've maybe let go of. And I made it a point maybe about five years ago that I turned to my husband and we made this list of questions. When we'd go on vacation, we'd just ask each other a bunch of questions. And there was one question that I found so powerful for myself. And it, I asked him this on Valentine's Day, in fact. I said, what's the thing that I used to do for you that I've stopped that you wish I started doing again? Mm, that's an awesome question. Now, here's the thing. It, he's going to say things that may upset me, right? It's like, oh, you used to do, right? Like, you used to do this for me and you used to do this for me. And so in going into that, I said to myself, in asking this question, I need to be very open to the answer because it's going to, it may upset me. Okay. Well, if it upsets me, then why am I asking the question? I'm doing it because my goal is to make sure that I have a long lasting, happy, successful relationship. And so once I've kind of told myself why I'm doing it, I then, my, my guard gets down. And then also, like you said, it gives me an opportunity for him to then ask me. So I've asked him and he's like, okay, babe, what's the thing that you wish I now start doing? And because I've left myself open to that, I now have the space to be able to tell him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you see how when him now putting himself out there in the same way, like that makes things so much easier. When both parties are willing to be open to the criticism, that makes both parties more receptive to it. And it helps. No one wants to be the only one saying, well, you're wrong. You need to do this. And then we end it there. It's like, no, let's share with each other what we can be doing better, how we can be making each other happier. That should always be the goal. And, and I honestly think like people should have relationship checkups. So, you know, you said you do it on vacations, whether it be maybe once every three months or six months or once a year. At some point, we need to sit down and have an understanding that this is the day that we sit down and get everything out 
what's missing, what needs to return, you know, what needs to be adjusted. If we kept doing that, I really believe you would see more relationships succeed. Stefan, I love that idea. There should be like a, a plan of like, all right, on this day, every six months, because if you set it up ahead of time when there's no problem, now mm. there's not that like, oh God, he wants to talk to me. What's wrong? Oh my God, yes. right? like that panic. So if you just go every six months, we agree, we're going to have a, meet, a meeting and we're going to sit down kind of like what you do with the business, right? You go over the P&L, you go over the data, you see what's working, you see what doesn't. I love this idea. And here's the other part of that psychologically that happens. You know how at work, if you know your review is coming up, you tighten up because you don't want to walk into that review knowing you have things that you've been missing. So if we know we have the relationship checkup coming up, people will start to naturally tighten up because nobody wants to come in being the one who wasn't doing their job. So it has a positive impact in a, on a various levels. Oh my God, I love that so much. That was hilarious. Um, and there's one thing actually that I also want to touch upon that you said is when I take care of myself, when I put on my knee high boots and when I put on lacy underwear, I feel a different way. And so... I do it for myself, right? Like I obviously do it because I like the way my husband looks at me, you know, when I'm wearing that outfit, but it goes back into once I start to go, what makes me feel good? And then I show up by feeling good. Then it has that knock-on effect. So not just thinking I'm dressing this way for him. It's like, I'm dressing this way for me to feel good about myself so that then we can get together. And you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up because that that is a very important part. And this is where I think it, it kind of goes with the connection in the sense that we this is where people have to be their true selves. So for, I'll use me, for example. I like a woman that likes to look good. I've come to the realization that not every woman cares to have to do the whole dressing up and nails or whatever. Some women don't care for that. That's not their thing. And so now if, if we get together not being honest about who we are and what we like, we, we have this mismatch to where now I'm trying to get you to dress up and that's not really what makes you feel good. However, if we have that connection or we're on the same page and now you enjoy looking good, I enjoy you looking good. Now it's easy because when you make yourself look good for you, I still benefit because we're on the same page here. We wanted the same things, you know? And I think this is where people have to recognize, okay, uh, yes, we, we, we have to make sure we are creating that happiness within us because that's what's gonna pour out to our partners and to our lives. But we also wanna make sure that we're with partners that align with us, all right? that embrace what we embrace. So now to maintain and sustain those things, as we talked about earlier, maintain the person they fell in love with becomes so much easier because I love that person too. So the person you love, I love, <laughs> okay? Now we're good. But if I don't love being this person, but you want me to be that, now we have this huge disconnect and things won't work in the long run. God, I love that so much, Stefan. I honestly could talk to you for so many hours, dude. This has been such an honor and such a pleasure. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find all your videos? Like, I, I just want them to go deep into the world, your world, because the way you speak, the language you use, um, I really think can help so many couples. So where can people find you? 
Thank you. They can find me uh, on all social media at Stefan Speaks, YouTube uh, at Stefan Speaks, or go to my site, StefanSpeaksShop.com. Amazing. Guys, guys, seriously, go check out this man. I had literally a laundry list of other things to talk about. So we're going to have to do that in round two. But yes. go check him out. This man is no BS. He says exactly how it is. And that's my jam. That's how you know. Take the actual advice and go implement it into your relationship so that you find yourself not settling and living the life you actually want. So guys, please do follow me at Lisa Billu. And if this video brought you value, please, please do subscribe comment down below what type of advice was so fire for you and subscribe and until next time be the hero of your own life peace out guys